this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. We have a great podcast lined up for you today. Uh, we start off with a new poll from the University of Chicago uh, that says Americans distrust the government. And that number is extremely high. Uh, it goes further about picking up arms against the government. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, yesterday, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was was trending. I don't I don't know why. Well, I didn't know why until we looked into it. We look into it, and it's lefties trying to teach us about the Bible. Uh, I thought turnaround is uh, fair pro- uh, fair play. The merit nominees for the uh, badge of merit uh, again today. Today is the only day you can vote. You can do that at glenbeck.com. We also talked about Ukraine and the dirty things that are going on in Ukraine. John Andresik joins us, as does uh, uh, Victoria uh, Sparts. She is a congressman from um, Indiana, I think, and she also is Ukrainian. Then we have Don Grove on. She's the attorney general candidate in Arizona. I wanted to talk to her about many things, including the latest on the election, believe it or not, from the 2020 election in Arizona. And Sarah Gonzalez stops by to tell us all about the special that's happening tonight only on Blaze TV. You're not going to be able to get it anywhere else except behind the paywall. Uncensored, the truth about COVID vaccines. It's fascinating, and you're not going to hear it anyplace else. Only on Blaze TV. Brought to you by Goldline. We're not going to get a recession. Well, that's what the president says. There's not going to be a recession. Uh-huh. Uh, even though we see that the uh, the difficulty in paying bills is the highest concern in a U.S. survey, millions of Americans are being targeted by the Wall Street vultures as they target uh, uh, trailer parks. And Noriel Rubini, he's the guy who got it right in 2008. He was one of the only ones that was saying, yeah, there is a problem. He says, we're not just going to have a mild recession. That's delusional to think that. He said we're headed for a severe recession as well as a severe debt and financial crisis. Oh, yay! Yippee! Have you put your money yet in gold or silver? Put some of it in, 10%. It's right for my family. It may not be right for you, but I want you to do your own homework, and I want you to go to Goldline at Goldline.com. Tell them Glenn sent you from the podcast, and give Goldline the code MYB, which represents Mind Your Business. 
you're going to get the Mind Your Business Silver Bars. That's what our motto used to be before in God We Trust. They'll give you free Mind Your Business Silver Bars. You just request information at their website. Remember, the promo code is MYB. Go to goldline.com or call 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, and find out how they can help you. Here's a podcast. Of Americans that were polled said more and more they feel like a stranger in my own country. You feel that way, Stu? Stranger in my own country. Uh, not yeah. willing to cede that ground. Uh, no. Uh, really? No. I'm not a stranger in my own country. Uh, I feel like that's saying. Oh, stop being so. No. So that feels like somebody else. Oh, no, somebody else run, you know, runs the country and I'm the. No, I'm, I'm not the stranger. Um, the, it's, it's, no, I know that. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, geez, I'm not asking you for the. You know the uh, the art of positive thinking here. I'm. I'm asking you. I'm not. Don't I'm, you I'm, feel like sometimes you just don't recognize your country? I'm not asking you for the response you wanted to give. I'm asking you for the response I wanted to hear. So yes, Glenn, I feel <laughs> no, like a stranger in my okay, own I'm land. Even, no, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking to you. <laughs> uh, all right, broken down. Broken down, 69% of people who identify as strong Republicans say they feel like a stranger in my own <laughs> land. 65% of those who called themselves very conservative also felt this way. Just 38% of Democrats said they feel like strangers. Okay. All right. May I just point out, that's, that's a pretty low number, you know, compared to the Republicans. But they have control of everything. And 39, that's almost 40%. Don't fall for the 39.99. It's 40. (laughs) Almost 40% of Democrats who are in charge say, I don't recognize my country. I feel like I'm, like I'm, you know, a stranger in my own land. By the way, 68% from rural areas. Uh, also agreed with the statement that American government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. Now, Stu would tell you, I'm not going to cede that ground. I, what do you mean rigged against me? No, I'm in charge. No one can break my stride. Okay. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to slow me down. Oh, no. I've got to keep on moving. Yeah. Now here's the here's the uh, the next. The a majority of Americans say the U.S. government is corrupt, and almost a third say, "Look out! It may be soon necessary to take up arms against it." Yeah, that's probably not a good. I'm just saying that's probably not a good idea. Mm. Two thirds of Republicans and independents say the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. Uh, according to the poll, 51% of liberal voters say the same thing. 51%. Uh, boy, can you hear the people sing, singing the, uh, the corrupt and rigged against everybody, uh, everyday people. 51% of liberals and two thirds of Republicans. I wouldn't be showing your refrigerator full of ice cream, uh, 
Nancy Pelosi. I just, I just, I'd keep that one to yourself. 28% of all voters, including 37% of gun owners, agree it may be necessary at some time soon for citizens to take up arms against the government. A view held by 35% of Republicans and 35% of independents, but only one in five Democrats because they don't have guns. Democrats are like, I don't, arms. What? I don't have any. What do you, huh? When asked about election integrity, the answers are what you expected. 56% agree generally they trusted elections to be conducted fairly and counted accurately. Do you believe that? Well, of course I do, Glenn. I'm not going to cede that ground. I'm not going to cede that ground. I do believe that elections are are fair. Yes, I do. Oh, Oh, you remind me of the cowardly lion. I do believe believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. Um, When the uh, poll divided up by party, almost an even percentage of people on each side agreed with the statements, Democrats and Republicans are general bullies who want to impose their political beliefs on those who disagree. For GOP voters, it was 73%. For Democrats, it was 74%. Both parties believe that the other side is trying to force their view down the throat of the other side. And they are generally untruthful and pushing disinformation. It's a stunner. Huh. It's a stunner. To, I would have yeah. never guessed. It's, uh-huh. So basically every answer is uh, the other side really sucks uh, and we're in real trouble, which right. I, it's hard to disagree well, with either no. one of those uh, <laughs> points. <laughs> right. Um, however, I think it is. I think it's interesting that uh, 51% of liberal voters Two-thirds of Republicans, but 51% of liberal voters say the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. That's huge, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting, too, especially... I with, won't cede that to you, Glenn. <laughs> with the left having control of it all, right? <laughs> it's it, Yeah. The people you elected are the people who are you're saying are, are against you, which is uh, something maybe you should examine more closely when casting your next vote. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Now, Joe Biden, speaking of lies and disinformation and misinformation, uh, Biden held a virtual press conference on Monday. I'm not sure if that means he was on the computer or he was a virtual being on uh, a computer. Not sure. Um, Monday, he said that in advance of the the data that's scheduled to be released on Thursday, I, uh, I can confirm the economy. Uh, is not going to go into a recession. Uh, uh, worried Americans should not be worried that we're in a recession because we're not going to be in one, in my view. I love that he added, in my view. And the reason why he says, in my view, is because he says, it j- just because you have two quarters of contraction does not make it that you're in a recession. Well... Okay, technically, sure. Two consecutive quarters of negative growth um, is is something that they use to determine whether we are in a recession or not. And the people who decide if we're in a recession is the National Bureau of Economic Research. 
They're the ones that determine whether we're in a recession or not. And they have a whole bunch of metrics. But the two main ones are uh, that we've had two quarters of contraction. Right. But, now, but the- I want to say it, does, it isn't always like that. In the last 10 uh, recessions that we have, the GOP has contracted two quarters in a row. Oh, no. So it is always like that. Huh. Okay. Just 10 of the last 10, though. Uh, and GDP, yes. Uh, yeah. 10 of the last 10. Uh, not a big deal at all. Uh, no trend. I don't see any any trend there whatsoever. Uh, it's also, by the way, the way that we talk about recessions when they're occurring. The reason why it's, it has always been shorthand for a recession and the reason why is because we can talk about them when they're going on. If you remember back in the 2008 financial collapse, you had what Bear Stearns mm-hmm. early in, in 2008, if I remember right. And then you had Lehman Brothers in October of 2008. And that was, you know, the, when, every, when, when the real collapse felt like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. September or October 2008. And so even then... The government was not saying we were in a recession. They waited until later on. And then when they said there was a recession, which I think was in December of 2008 or January of 2009, I can't remember exactly. But when they said they were officially in a recession, they said we had been in a recession since December 2007 before Bear Stearns. So like it is a it's basically a historic view as to when a recession begins and so what the Democrats love about this approach is they can stick on this. Well, officially, that's not the definition. And then they can wait till after the election when they actually will come back and say, oh, by the way, we were in a recession way back there before the election. Please don't talk about it until it's official. It's, it's a nice little scam they're trying to pull here. But every financial journalist has been talking about this two financial uh, two consecutive negative quarters of GDP as the shorthand definition of a recession forever. And they're just trying to reverse that today. Here's the thing that I think people know. Um, four in 10 adults say that it has been somewhat or very difficult to cover usual household expenses. This is in a, um, a survey that was uh, put out. That's the highest since the census started asking this question in August 2020. It implies that more than 90 million families are struggling now, up from 60 million just a year ago. Hey, has your life gotten better under Biden or worse? Millions of households with student loans are expected to face an additional monthly expense on September 1st when a COVID moratorium on servicing that debt ends. By the way, did you see that he is telling uh, that Biden is telling uh, the uh, the government loan offices not to send out uh, the um, uh, the pay stubs to people who just got a student loan. Don't don't send them out. Just hold off for a minute. Why would you do that? I don't know. Why, Why would, would they do, do that? that? I think he's going to try to forgive all these student loans in September. Mm. Right before the election. I, I, mm. Right before the election. In Dallas, for example, the share of respondents having difficulty paying bills jumped to about 45.9% from 27.9% a year earlier. The uh, report last week from the New York State Comptroller 
showed that one in eight residents were behind on paying their utility bills as of March. More than 1.2 million customers statewide owned uh, owed 1.8 billion with the residents of New York City and Long Island accounting for 68 percent of the total. So this means that the average person is feeling a recession. So call it what you want, Joe. Everybody knows because we're feeling it. By the way, do you remember who uh, Noriel Ru- um, uh, Rubini is, Stu? Yeah, the e- economist. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Doom, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy. They called him Dr. Doom because he was the only other guy um, that was calling for uh, the 2008 collapse. I had been calling for it for about two years, and I think he jumped on the bandwagon uh, that Christmas is the first time I saw him uh, talk about it was the Christmas of 07 as uh, it's leading up. And I'm like, oh, finally, somebody else is saying it. Um, he says we're not going to have a recession. He says a recession being shallow is a pipe dream. He said the economy is headed for a severe recession as well as a severe debt and financial crisis. He said debt ratios are historically high at 420% for advanced economies and climbing, while bailouts during the pandemic have resulted in zombie corporations that put the economy at risk. He says the idea that this is going to be short and shallow is total delusion. We also have the extra added benefit of trailer parks being bought up all over the country. Trailer parks uh, are being purchased by big Wall Street fat cats. I swear to you, these people have no idea. They have no idea what they're in for. So the um, these corporate investors private equity firms and firms like BlackRock real estate investment trust. They've gone out and purchased mobile home parks and they're raising the rents on the tenants. Most of these people are elderly or disabled, low fixed income out of state purchases in Minnesota, almost doubled between 2015 and 2021, 46% of the state's mobile home parks purchased by an out of state company in 2015 and 81% of them purchased from out-of-state people uh, 2021. The rents at these parks uh, went up by as much as 30% at the same time. The uh, state AG says uh, the complaints of mobile home parks has gone up a hundredfold. A hundredfold. These people, they don't know what's... They don't know, they have no idea how Americans actually feel about their country and about Wall Street and big banks. They have no idea. God bless them. Hopefully they will wake up soon. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Biden and the people surrounding him in his cabinet have Ukraine on the brain uh, since at least Obama's second term. They're obsessed with Ukraine. I think Ukraine is a giant cash cow for those who are corrupt. 
Back in 2014, Ukraine was in need of some good old-fashioned United States savings, and uh, Ukrainians were rebelling against the Russians aligned, uh, you know, the uh, Russian-aligned government, all on their own. But Obama and Biden were experiencing a major case of fear of missing out, uh, so they just had to get involved, and so he did, and it drew everyone in the u.s state department national security apparatus and even george soros to ukraine you see back then ukraine was considered corrupt their leaders corrupt the oligarchs corrupt ultra mega corrupt so naturally joe biden's son jumps right into bed with them and the media and political elite find no issues with this whatsoever Sure, it's a corrupt country. I mean, Obama and and Biden's stated goal was to root that corruption out between the government and the oligarchs. But the vice president's son going to work for Burisma was just fine. Nothing to see here. For over a decade, the story from Western governments has been that Ukraine is a corrupt government and we can save them. But up until February 2022, it hadn't been resolved yet. Now, speaking about not being resolved, did we ever hear about the $1.8 billion that went missing in the uh, bowels of Pravat Bank? That was our money, by the way, our tax dollars. Did anybody in the mainstream media nail that down? Did Congress? I ask this question because Congress has now greenlit $54 billion in taxpayer funding to Ukraine to fight off the Russians. And then, uh, what was it, uh, uh, $8 billion already was sent. And then on Friday, they announced another $270 million. Let's just put it into perspective. That's a lot of money. Where's it all going? Why are we writing them a blank check? Can we at least get a final verdict on whether Ukrainian government is corrupt? I think I speak for the majority of the country when I say the Biden administration's signals are a little mixed up here. We're a bit confused. Wasn't corruption the main focus of our help back in 2014? Isn't that why George Soros swooped in and now everything's okay? They couldn't keep track of $1.8 billion and we give them $60 billion? Let me ask you this. I find it interesting that President Zelensky recently revoked the citizenship of the Ukrainian oligarch Kolomoisky. When Biden was VP, Kolomoisky was the principal holder of both Burisma, which his son worked for, and Privat Bank, the one that lost the $1.8 billion. Now, he had previously been on a U.S. visa ban over his involvement with uh, hired thugs that actually use chainsaws to behead people. But Biden made sure that he had his visa ban lifted so he could come to the United States. And it gets more interesting as that this is the time that both Biden and John Kerry were lobbying for $1.8 billion aid package to Ukraine. That aid money went to Kolomoisky's Pravat Bank. And then disappeared. Allegedly, it was channeled into money laundering scheme through a bank in Cyprus and then went to various shell companies. Now, he's also the governor of eastern Ukraine, funding a near private war between Ukrainian militias and Russia's. Now, whether he's doing that with his money or someone else's is unknown. 
Oh, by the way, Kolomoisky is uh, his money is the big reason why Zelensky got elected. But now that Biden is in office, Zelensky has revoked the citizenship of his previous friend. Is there any chance that we'll find out later that Joe Biden lobbied for this to happen? If anyone has the receipts on Burisma, Pravat Bank, the missing one point eight billion. Uh, and what's going on with this private war between uh, Ukraine and Russia? Kolomoisky would have them. And it's really weird that now his citizenship of Ukraine has been revoked. We want to talk to Congresswoman Victoria Sparts. Uh, she's from Indiana. Hello, Congresswoman. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, good. Now, you're from Ukraine. You became a citizen in the year 2000. Um, and you're concerned. <laughs> You're concerned about the money we're sending over there. Well, let me tell you, and I appreciate it. Actually, I became citizen in 2006. It took me six years because it's not that fast when you okay. come here legally. <laughs> so I came in 2000, yeah. so it takes you a while to become a citizen. But let me tell you, and I might have a little bit different perspective that I want to separate Ukrainian government from Ukrainian people in and actually army and fighters are dying in the trenches. You know, they've been trying agree. to restore freedoms in that country and fought they had two revolutions and they fight in these wars that really want to have freedom. So when I go there and talk to the people, when I talk to these young boys dying on the front lines, you know, it breaks my heart to see how we are mismanaging the situation and allow them to die without proper oversight of the government. Because I think it's important in a country like that to hold government accountable. And I think, you know, we have to differentiate that. You know, I always say, you know, we have, you know, very great people, Americans, but our government leaves much to be desired. So it's not always representation, unfortunately, of the people. But I think for me to see that and actually, you know, and uh, what Biden is doing, it seems to me, and actually most of, of the money you mentioned don't go directly to Ukraine because there are a lot of things around that. But how he's really stolen the help, how he's not overseeing it, it's actually he's mismanaging Ukraine. And it's almost either is incompetency on, on purpose to allow Russia to advance much more significantly. You know, and what really was concerning for me when I went to Ukraine to see, you know, how much power now people around Zelensky were able to consolidate this power grab. You know, and we're talking about Kolomoisky and these oligarchs, but if you know the part of that, you know, they actually took citizens. There was no due process or executive order had stolen the border. Someone who is actually in charge of territory defense of a major city, Dnipro, you know, right in eastern Ukraine, and that person had nothing to do. He was just lucky enough to meet for half an hour with me. They almost detained parliamentarians from Ukrainian parliament who tried to leave the country to come to U.S. because they worried that they going to meet with U.S. legislators. So this amount of power and abuse of power and concentration. It's very dangerous for the country. In country which doesn't have check and balances where judicial and prosecutorial branch is controlled by president and people around him. A lot of Russian infiltration, a lot of different problems. So I think this is a valid concern. And unfortunately that they are now started a witch hunt against some Ukrainians that had nothing to do, you know, with anything, because the issues I was brought, bringing up, they actually were brought up by our military people during my cadels, and they were brought up by some U.S. companies. 
you know, doing business in uh, Europe and actually doing business in defense uh, industry. And they had some concern. And it's interesting, you know, because there are some issues that I didn't want to bring up because, you know, I know that it was reported to FBI, but it was brought up recently, you know, in Ukrainian newspapers where this guy, Yermak, that I mentioned, his father, you know, an appointee of Yermak in Minister of Defense, you know, creating monopoly, had cooperation with Iran and Afghanistan, you know, and sabotaging some of the purchasing of weapons and have a very interesting connection to Russia and Putin. So I think it's very dangerous for us not to deal with properly managed situation, because if we turn Ukraine and not Afghanistan, it's very dangerous for our national security, too, because Ukraine has a lot of critical resources. It's not a small country, and it's and having wild weather could be dangerous for all of us, and it's been escalating, and I've been managed by this administration. All right. Um, So, Congresswoman, um, I'm not sure if we're on the same page. Uh, I really like the people of Ukraine. I have a soft spot for what they've done in the past on fighting Russia. Um, I feel horrible um, uh, about the people who have lost their lives and the women and children. And, you know, we have a team over there that is rescuing children um, and trying to get them safe uh, to safety and not be trafficked. Um, But uh I I just I just think this is a convenient little war. Uh, I, I why, for instance, did Zelensky get rid of Kolomoisky? Uh, why did he revoke his citizenship? I mean, it just seems convenient if you were looking to uh, make sure that that nobody was uh, nobody was around to to tell about the um, the dirty things you were doing. Why is it that President Zelensky was against? Um, uh, gay marriage because he, you know, it's a different country with different standards. He was against it. And yet during the war now, um, they pass a law to, to, for gay marriage. And that seems to me like American pressure, uh, being exerted at the worst possible time because we gave him money. Well, no doubt, but I wish American pressure would be exerted in the ways how we can, they can improve their logistics, how they can improve oversight and make sure that they can be more accountable to American people instead of playing politics and playing an agenda that is unfortunately, you know, been very radical in this country. And I think they're playing politics instead of managing the processes and governing because governments like Ukraine or governments like Afghanistan, they have to be forced to provide transparency to our people. If you don't, you will have another Afghanistan. But unfortunately, they haven't been doing that, but doing other things that are very not productive for them to fight and win that war. And I think this is our responsibility of Congress to put pressure, you know, just because this is going to be a major problem for us if we don't de-escalate situation. But also we have accountability to our people and to Ukrainian people. They're dying there. Is is Zelensky a good guy or a bad guy? Or is the answer to that? Yes. Yeah, I think I think you know we have to you know they have to you know you know I don't look at people good or bad I'm bad I actually have a very low 
regards for all politicians in general. So it's not about that. Every yeah. president should have accountability. Every president has to be watched. But the amount of power right now Ukrainian government is accumulating and a, a power grab and abuse of power where they actually decide who can enter the border, who can exit with proper due process and using the war to consolidate media and control prosecutorial judicial branch. It's very dangerous. You know, and he needs to be responsible that he put people and his chief, his chief of staff is becoming a dictator in that country. So President Zelensky needs to take responsibility and explain what's happening there. I know that he's busy doing a lot of external things and, and dealing with, with leaders in Europe and here, but he's still a president and he needs to be responsible and tell us what's happening, why this amount of abuse of power. That's not what Ukrainian people are fighting for, to have another dictator. That's what not they, what they want. And I think that's very not productive. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, this is uh, Congresswoman Victoria Spartz. Um, and she has been very outspoken, and, and because of it, she's gotten heat from the left and the right. Uh, but intellectual debate is necessary uh, to be able to be a free country, and I appreciate you speaking out, Victoria. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's never easy to do the right thing, but it's worth it. Thank you so much. Yes, it is. Thank you. God bless you. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program, Don Grove. How are you, Don? Hello, Glenn. Such a privilege to be with you. I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Very good. So it's fascinating. My father used to use Ping golf clubs, and uh, your grandparents started Ping in their garage, didn't they? That's, that's right, Glenn. In fact, my parents, Bonnie and Karsten Solheim, are 85, and they listen to you on the Big Talker and Flagstaff. My dad likes oh, you because me. he says you do the research and you dig into the real truth. Okay, well, I've done my research on you. Um, you're a constitutional conservative, studied constitutional law at the U.S. Supreme Court under uh, Justice Scalia, litigated in the courtroom, defending made-in-America manufacturers for seven years. Then you went to uh, your family business 24 years ago. Um, you've done a ton of stuff. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're an overachiever shall we say um uh i wanted <laughs> to talk to you because you go you, ahead i learned that it's not about me and what i bring it's about god plus anyone even including me and when he calls yeah. he's either already equipped you for the task or he's going to bring you everyone you need on the team to be fully equipped so do you feel god has called you for this time uh at that position i do and i it's do up, very much you do so. And why are you the right person? Arizona is a little like Texas with the border. You've got, you know, the election stuff that is still going on that I'd like to talk to you about. Government is overreaching. I mean, you are going to be one of the people on the hot seat. Why are you the right person? You know, people have asked me over the years to run for office, and I told them all no. I said that God would have to completely change my heart to consider campaigning for any political office. But I, you know, have received that calling, and I can't sit back. I'm seeing the ruling class openly turning citizens into subjects, 
And as a wife and mom, I can't sit back when I see government policy strip away parental rights and mandate, you know, masks and, and, and isolation and, and harm our children. And as a, as a manufacturing executive and a legal counsel for a thriving family business, I can't sit back when I see the federal government trying to turn private businesses into their enforcement arm to carry out mandates that they never had legal authority for. And as a patriotic American and a third generation, I just can't, a third generation Arizona, and I just can't sit back when I see the federal government printing money, attacking American energy and spiking inflation that hits everyone at the gas pump and grocery store and everywhere, all while refusing to do their constitutionally mandated job to guard our border. And I've seen the crime rate uh, spike like crazy. Even a few weeks after I announced my candidacy, I had two bullets come through the windows at Ping and one of them hit my office. Uh, I just wow. cannot sit back any longer when I see our border, our economy, our families, our way of life under attack, and I'm here to fight back. So what are you going to do? I mean, Texas is really struggling with the border, too. And, um, you know, I I think the uh, governor is uh, assisting a little bit. I'd like to see them just say, if you're not going to do it, then we have to do it. Um, but, you know, that's not what the Constitution says. You'll have to fight that out in court. What is your plan for the border? Border security truly is the number one priority for me. I mean, the reality is without a secure border, our safety, our elections, our youth, our health, our businesses, our, our entire way of life is jeopardized. And so my first action will be to defend Arizona's border you know, the current administration has been too busy telling us how to live our lives and frivolously spending our money to do their job to secure the border. And I will hold them accountable. And here's how. First, I will help Arizona exercise our rights under the U.S. Constitution's self-defense clause and restore our state's right to prevent an invasion. I was the first candidate in the Arizona race to raise this option at our first attorney general candidate debate last November, which, by the way, there are six candidates in my race. And, uh, you know, mm. some were saying, oh, pay no attention to that constitutional right. The federal government might oppose it. But every constitutional right is important and every tool needs to be used to secure a border. And it wasn't the federal government that stopped the Virginia smugglers back at the founding of our nation. James Madison talked about these smugglers that came into Virginia. It was the Virginia militia, simply a group of empowered citizens who did that. And so once we declare an invasion pursuant to this constitutional provision, we can guard the border ourselves. We still need to aggressively enforce criminal trespassing, drug possession, uh, human smuggling, and all our laws. And uh, the mm. Texas Attorney General has endorsed me in this race. He knows that I'm going to work arm in arm with Texas to make sure that we, we do guard that border. And, uh, you know, if, if you just do things like criminal trespassing, uh, Texas discovered that you can have a, a liberal county attorney that will just send them out the back door anyway. So you've got to use every possible tool, declare the cartels, the terrorists that they are, enforce the laws, declare that invasion so that we can do this ourselves. And that way we can deport people right there at the border and not give them these you know, slips of paper to say, come back in six years for your asylum hearing. By then they're going to be saying, oh, they have kids here and, and it's too late. And I am the granddaughter of a legal immigrant. 
So I believe in legal immigration and it hurts legal immigrants more than anyone when we allow everyone to just flood over. It is an invasion. We do have, especially south of Tucson in in Arizona, it's 90 to 95% military aged men who are coming across. We see them on the cameras who aren't being apprehended. And there's twice the number of them now, about 7,000 to 8,000 every single month coming across that we see are getting in, but they're getting away. It's not right. I remember, gosh, it must have been about 10 years ago. I think it was, I think it was Phoenix that was the, uh, the kidnap capital of the world. And no one was talking about it. It used to like be Bogota, Colombia or something. And for a while it was uh, Phoenix and nobody talked about it because it was all illegals and uh, drug smuggling stuff. And so it just kind of flew you know, under the radar. But go ahead. Yep. Tucson had its highest murder rate ever last year. And violent crime in Phoenix is up nearly 100%. And there is so Jeez. much activity on our tribal lands, too, with kidnappings and people disappearing and being killed. It is a tragedy in Arizona, and it is absolutely uh, intertwined with this problem at the border. When the Biden administration has left it wide open so that any criminal could come in and the cartels are calling the shots there, it is causing crime to have a huge uptick. And I have also been endorsed by the Arizona State Troopers Association. You know, they trust me to be the candidate who will have law enforcement's back and uh, restore public safety in Arizona. So uh, tell me uh, um, uh, about, for instance, the sanctuary cities, um, and they're now starting to pop up again with uh, right to life uh, and abortion. They'll say uh, this city, I think it was, I'm trying to remember which city just announced it, um, that they're going to be a an abortion safe haven in a state that says we're abortion free, and they're going to they're going to just keep going. Tell me about tell me about the rule of law. You know, this is one of the things you talked about and something that motivated me when I thought about running for attorney general is that the attorney general are that last line of defense that we need them to uphold that rule of law. Why can we not have a, a sanctuary for law-abiding citizens to be able to live their lives and, and raise their families yeah. and run their businesses? We should have that sort of a sanctuary rather than one for criminals. So it's very important to me that we, uh, that we uphold that rule of law. That rule of law applies across the board. It's not just rules for me and not for thee. It's, it's rules for everyone. And, and that's what I bring that's different in this attorney general race than the Democrat attorney general candidate who would, you know, like to pick and choose which laws she's going to enforce and, and, and right. pressure the county attorneys not to enforce the law. I will defend Arizona's laws, whether or not I love them all. I will defend it because those laws need to apply equally to Republicans, to Democrats, to independents. It doesn't matter what your uh, political persuasion is. The laws apply across the board. And uh, I will seek to make sure that we uh, don't fund those cities who aren't complying with the law. This is the job of the attorney general. Make sure that everyone complies with state law so that we have a fair playing field for everyone so that we can have a sanctuary for those 
law-abiding citizens who want to do good things in Arizona and provide for each other. Can you tell me what is happening with the election security? Because Arizona has been one of those uh, states that you'll read one thing and it'll be like, wow, they've got they've got all kinds of evidence. And then you read something else and it completely dismisses it. And for somebody who's not in the state, you're you have no idea what's going on. How secure are the elections this time? Thank you for that question, Glenn. I I will step back for a second and say, when you see big tech, big media, and big government collude together to bury a true story about Hunter Biden and to amplify a false story about President Trump and Russia, I mean, already that's, that's interfering in our elections. But then you've got the federal only voters. In 2018, we had 1,700 of them. But in 2020, we had 11,600 of them. And President Biden only won by 10,457 votes. So if they're not being required to provide ID, and our Constitution has said since statehood that anyone voting in a federal election needs to be a U.S. citizen. So those things can can swing an election right there. And then you add to it the the ballot harvesting, the irregularities that were uncovered. Mm -hmm. There really are some concerns. And I want to make sure that every Arizonan, you know, regardless of their... uh, of their um, political persuasions, you know, can have confidence in the fairness and integrity of Arizona's election system and know that their vote counts. And there are some concerns. There's a huge percentage of our electorate that doesn't feel that confidence. And that's what I would like to restore. I'm not saying that people haven't tried their best or done a lot of great things right. I think they have. But I think there's more that needs to be done because the confidence is not there and there needs to be a following up of these different complaints that are made to the attorney general's office, whether it's somebody being told at a at an election place that, hey, if you're registered as a Democrat, wow, you're not allowed to vote as a Republican or, you know, sometimes they're being told this in, in other languages, uh, or if they get a ballot that's already pre-marked for someone, those things need to be investigated and prosecuted. And now that our ballot harvesting laws have been uh, upheld all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, it's time to make sure that we actually enforce them, that there's none of this collecting yeah. and paying for and, and gathering others. Uh, ballots so that they can mark them to be a certain way. It's not okay. We need to restore that that integrity of our election system and make sure people can have the confidence in it because there would be nothing worse than having people say, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Oh, That's no. ultimate yeah. disempowering citizens and we can't allow that to happen. Yeah. All right, Don Grove, she's the uh, Arizona Attorney General candidate. Uh, the vote is next week. Uh, she has been endorsed by all kinds of AGs, Indiana, Nebraska, Texas, uh, former Florida AG Pam Bondi, and also the Arizona State Troopers. Um, we've uh, we've done a, thor- a thorough search on you, and you seem like the real deal. And for any AG uh, candidate, if you are looking to vote for one, They just have to be willing to have a spine, stand for your state, and uh, fairly put people in jail. Obey the law or you go to jail no matter who you are. Don, thank you very much. Thank you, Glenn. 
You bet. Uh, Dawn Grove for AZ is her uh, Twitter, and you can uh, find her website and get involved if you'd like in her campaign. Dawn Grove for Arizona dot com. Dawn Grove for Arizona dot com. Na, na, na.